0: God is good all the time. All the time. Is good. Well, before you ask, if you've seen today's sermon title, it has nothing to do with an Ole Miss cheer. We didn't play this weekend. We took it easy. But it has everything to do with our witness. Are you ready, Emmanuel, to be a witness for Christ? Let us pray. Lord, we come before you thinking we're ready, seeking to be ready, seeking, Lord, uh, to be prepared, recognizing there's much we have to learn, much we have to know, much we have to discover, and much you have to teach us. So, Lord, in this hour, or this morning, at this time, may our hearts and our spirits and our minds be open to your word, to your living word, and your living presence that calls us, that convicts us. That encourages us. So Lord, set my voice aside that your voice might be heard today. In your name I pray. Amen. This week while we were working in the church office, we heard a big crash. So many of us ran out of our offices quickly to respond to somebody that we thought had fallen in the office. But everything was okay. I was a high school lifeguard at the YMCA. and We had to be ready to respond in a second's notice if something happened that somebody was in trouble. EMTs, police, and fire personnel, whether they're eating, sleeping, or sitting and waiting, have to respond in a second's notice to emergencies out there. With God, with God, sometimes we have to be ready to respond. We never know when or where He might call us or to whom He might ask us to go. In today's scripture, there's an angel of the Lord that speaks to Philip. We don't hear any excuses from Philip as we've heard in the months previous. Philip gets up and he goes. Whom did Philip encounter? What did Philip share? And to what or to whom did Philip point? Keep those questions in mind as we explore today's scripture together, coming in the New Testament from the book of Acts, chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. I invite you to turn to your Bibles you've brought, your devices, or in the pews before you or Bibles to please refer to those online. I hope you'll join us too for this morning's scripture coming from the book of Acts chapter 8 beginning at verse 26 Then an angel of the Lord said to Philip Get up and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza So he got up and went Now there was an Ethiopian eunuch a court official at the Candace queen of the Ethiopians in charge of her entire treasury He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning home, seated in his chariot. He was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, go over to this chariot and join it. So Philip ran up to it and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. He asked, do you understand what you are reading? He replied, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to get in and sit beside him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter. And like a lamb silent before its shearer. So he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation justice was denied him. Who can describe this generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, About whom, may I ask you, does this prophet say this? About himself or someone else? Then Philip began to speak, and starting with this scripture, he proclaimed to him the good news about Jesus. As they were going along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? He commanded the chariot to stop. And both of them, the Philip, Philip and the eunuch, went down into the water, and Philip baptized them. When they came out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, as he, and as he was passing through the region, he proclaimed the good news to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today's scripture is a turning point. Today's scripture is a turning point for the good news is being broadcast, shared, brought outside of Jerusalem. For a while now, in the beginning of sharing the good news since Christ's death, it had focused in Jerusalem and focused mostly to the Jews. But as we begin to see this message, that it goes out into Jerusalem, to Samaria, and to distant lands. It recalls this first verse, or the first chapter of Acts. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Write that down. Remember that. That's a verse hopefully we'll refer to more and more together. It's here that in Jesus' ascent, Jesus as he's preparing to ascend, he tells the disciples that the Holy Spirit will be upon him and that you will be my witnesses where? In Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So the church is being born. And the birth of the church, people's lives are being converted and changed. But there's also persecution that's taking place. Remember one of the chief persecutors? Was Saul who becomes Paul. In Acts chapter 7, right before today's scripture, Stephen's been stoned, and the followers are scattered throughout the countryside. And Philip enters the scene here in chapter 8. Philip is this charismatic prophet. He's compared a lot to Jesus. He's a key deliverer of the word of God into these new territories where the good news message continues to flourish amongst the people. This first part of chapter 8 that we didn't read, but I encourage you to go back and read it. It's important to look at this first part of chapter 8 as well as the second part today. It's in this first part that Philip's in Samaria, and he's sharing the word in Samaria. and We see the lives that are being transformed, and particularly Simon and his, ta- or his uh, willingness to become a Christian. And so while he's there, the Spirit calls Philip, to take a journey, to go to the road from Jerusalem to Gaza. This road goes through Bethlehem, through Hebron, and joins the main road to Egypt. Egypt, which is just north of Ethiopia. This is a major road, a world travel road. Half of the world probably travels down this road at some point or the other. So there will be a lot of people on it. Along the road, Philip meets an Ethiopian unit. This eunuch was a treasury official for the queen of Ethiopia. It first looks like in the scripture that her name is Candace, but that's the title that is given to the queens of Ethiopia. This eunuch was a high court official in charge of all the treasury, and he was castrated as part of the requirements to carry out his official duties, which often happen when working with female royalty. Verse 27 tells us that he had come to Jerusalem. But quickly we learn in verse 28 that he's on his way home. He's been on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem and was looking to understand and worship God, but he's not been able to. Something is missing in his life. He's yearning for more. He's not whole. The Samaritan, to whom Philip had previously witnessed in chapter 8, and now this eunuch, are marginal Jews. We know about the Samaritans. We hear about them all the time. They were racially impure according to the traditional Jews. But for the eunuch, it's about his geographical location and his physical condition that has removed him from the center of the Jewish faith. Furthermore, this Ethiopian begins to symbolize what the Samaritan earlier in chapter 8 does not. The Ethiopian is a spiritual pilgrim from a distant land, earnestly seeking to understand the scriptures and salvation. Because this Ethiopian is on the margins, he's excluded by law from full participation in the covenant community. In other words, he's not able to worship in the temple at Jerusalem. But he still has made this long pilgrimage to Jerusalem. I wonder if as he headed out and journeyed to Jerusalem, did he know? Did he know that when he came to Jerusalem and to the temple, he'd be excluded? Whatever he did know, he knows that he's missing something now. And needs something else in his life. This eunuch seeks to know God, to know his will and his word. But he's been prohibited from seeking the very resources that could help answer his questions and help him to find what he's searching for. As I hear this passage of of the eunuch and of Philip and their time together, I couldn't help but reflect back to the walk to Emmaus. Do you remember that journey of the two men that are headed out of town after Jesus' resurrection having experienced the wonders of the day but uncertain of this one who's joined them that doesn't know what's taking place? They come to the evening and in the evening they're hungry. They stop or get home and they sit at the table to break bread with a stranger and it's in the breaking of the bread that his presence is revealed and the scriptures are made known to them. This crisis that the eunuch seems to be in is not one of a social standing. He's a public official. He has a solid connection with with the queen. But he's hungry. He's spiritually hungry and no one would feed him. He doesn't understand what he's reading and he's not sure where to turn. So he turns to the book of Isaiah. Maybe, hopefully, He can learn about his own participation in the blessings of God that Isaiah talks about. And it's then and there that God opens a door for the eunuch. And Philip appears on the scene. This is definitely, as one commentator says, heaven's intervention in earth's work. We see specific examples. Verse 26, if you have your scripture still open. Look at verse 26. We see the angel of the Lord directing Philip. And in verse 29, who's directing Philip? But the Spirit. The Spirit's directing Philip, and both times, Philip responds. How often do we get caught up in our social standing, but ignore our spiritual standing? We feel coming to church is all that we need to do, and it's important, and you're here, and I'm grateful that we're here to worship together. But just being part of an institution is about membership, and it's about so much more about discipleship. As a result, what will we do with our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness? What seems to be missing sometimes is this connection and this conviction that the mission of God is more important than our own comfort, our preferences. When we make that step, the kingdom of God becomes clearer for us and for others. Look at verse 30. What's the question that Philip is asked? Do you understand? Or Excuse me, that Philip asked. Do you understand to the eunuch what you are reading? This is a risky question. A risky question that Philip, who is probably appears to be a nobody, but the eunuch is interested in what he has to say. He's a knowledgeable official, and Philip, in asking this, perhaps is questioning his own knowledge. But the eunuch doesn't seem to hesitate, and he asks, how can I unless someone guides me? The eunuch has been rejected twice because of where he lives and his physical condition. And what does Philip do? He hops on in that chariot. And he interprets the scripture. And he shares Jesus with him. The first and the last place we need to look for answers is right here in God's word. We don't have to have the right answers or the right words. God already does and he provides them for us. The eunuch did not seek out a biblical scholar to interpret the scriptures for. Philip is the one who shares with him that the scripture in Isaiah is about the suffering servant. And it's Jesus who goes to the cross, taking with him his brokenness and makes it whole. Philip opens the eyes of the eunuch to the one who understands his situation. And his isolation. Philip begins to open the eyes of the eunuch to his situation and isolation and points to Jesus. Do we seek to read the scripture? Do we seek to know God's word? Do we seek to understand who God is for our own benefit or also for the benefit of others? who don't know it or understand God or His Word. I once again have to give my daughter credit for leading me to faithful service. She was home for two days over fall break last weekend. One of the things she wanted to be sure to do was to go downtown on Saturday morning at 7.30 to the UBFM or the Urban Bicycle Food Ministry a college student wanting to wake up early in the few days she's at home and to participate, especially when the temperatures were in the low 40s. And we went. And you know what? Nobody else was there except the two people who lead the ministry. Who might God be calling you to reach out to? Where is somewhere God might be encouraging you to reach that's out of your comfort zone? The eunuch understands the importance of Scripture in search for God, but he also understands the importance for someone to interpret it. Upon understanding it, he responds, Hey, I want to be baptized. And he is. And I'm sure he goes on his way rejoicing. We see the transformation that the eunuch undergoes. That his spiritual standing has changed. And I can't imagine that he didn't go back to Ethiopia and share what had been shared with him with others. He had found joy. He had found what was missing and he wanted others to know it. Saturday morning I wanted to sleep in. And I didn't want to go ride my bike in the cold weather. But I found joy in being with Brooke. And I also found joy in serving those who were cold and hungry, both physically and spiritually. And they were so grateful to know that someone cared. Today's scripture is also about us. Needing direction. Seeking interpretation trying to fill something that's missing in our life that we've been yearning for for a long time, to find our purpose. And God doesn't leave us on our own to discover it. And despite our brokenness, He points us to Jesus. He points us to Jesus. In verses 26 and 29, Philip's actions are guided by the voice of the angel. And in verse 39, the Lord snatches Philip up to the next place to continue his work. Just as the Spirit gives Philip direction, inspires his interpretation, and transports him from place to place. God's active presence enables each of us and the church to be a mission to the community and to the ends of the world. It's Acts 1-8 all over Again, even if we don't understand it. This eunuch seemed to be missing something in his life. But I don't think he's the only one. Philip was called by an angel and led by the Spirit. But I don't think he's the only one. Let us be ready recipients who receive. And witnesses who respond. When the call to be ready comes forward, are you ready, Emmanuel, to be witnesses for Christ? The name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Lord, we say we're ready maybe those are easier words to say than to put into action because we don't know what that means or where you might call us to go so open our hearts strengthen our spirits give us clarity in the who and where and the what recognize Lord you're the author of it all in your name we pray